it's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the Stinking Truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome to the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside my co-host, Mike Evans. Great uh, week 10. Well, not all the way in the books. We've got Monday Night Football, but week 10 for the most part. In the books, Mike. How are you? How was your weekend, buddy? It was great. It was great. It was, uh, you know, here in Denver. Uh, we don't have the Broncos game until Monday night, so it was yeah. a chance to just kind of sit yeah. back and watch a lot of football yesterday. And boy, there's some I- impressive stories out there. How about C.J. Stroud? You've done some Houston games, yeah. And we're at the point now where folks are starting to talk about C.J. Stroud as a possible MVP candidate. Which, yeah. after games like Sunday. Doesn't seem so far-fetched. No, not at all. I mean, the way he's played, and let's face it, I mean, this is a Houston team that a year ago just was dreck. You know, they were talking about um, tanking for whoever and all that kind of stuff, and um, and now you get, you know, the, you get a new kind of attitude there. I love D'Amico Ryans, the way D'Amico coaches a football team, man. He's positive energy at all times. But C.J. Stroud is a guy that I've had a chance to sit down with now twice, And just one, when you sit down and you talk to him, man, he is so buttoned up and so thoughtful. And, you know, it's just not one of those cliche type of baloney answers that you hear all the time. And we hear it in Denver for forever. It's like like they start listing guys like, hey, uh, you know, hey, Russ, uh, uh, what do you think uh, is the key to the red zone? Hey, man, we got so many good players out here. You know, we've got Bullsey out there at the left tackle position. We got McGlinchey at the right tackle position. They're just really playing well. Hey, I mean, well, I didn't even mention Kush the way he's playing on the inside. But you know, Cortland Sutton will do it. But you know, and you're just like, for the love, that's not even what I asked you. For the love of Pete, answer a freaking question. And then you got C.J. Stroud, who's like, wow, let me think about that. That's a really good, you know, and and he'll detail kind of what he's thinking and the way he's trying to approach the game. And the thing that continues to resonate with me in regards to C.J. Stroud was a conversation I had with Bill Lazor. Now, Bill Lazor's a longtime coordinator, longtime offensive guy, you know, a guy that consults and a guy that helps train this young quarterback every day. And he talked about feet. And he talked about the rhythm of an offense tied into the feet of the quarterback. And he said, you know, the college game does not produce guys who are good with their footwork because they've never had to be. And it's interesting when you start to break it down, Mike, because you look at what's going on in our country in regards to football. It starts with seven on seven. We run all these seven on seven camps where it's, you know, you you don't have offensive line you don't have defensive Mm -hmm. line it's just you know shorts and t-shirt but you're playing from shotgun all the time so you're not working on the mechanics of your feet how your feet are tying to routes you're just being a complete and total sight thrower and so and then it transitions to the high school game and then to the college game where you're never under center you everything you operate is out of gun and so what that does is it lends you to have like dirty and 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 lazy feet And so CJ was like, hey, listen, man, I have been under center since I started playing this game, since I was in Pop Warner and then on to high school. And then in college, you know, we played a lot out of shotgun, but we played a lot under Ryan Day at Ohio State um, under center. And you look at Houston, and I would tell you, having done several Houston games, that um, they're under center just about as much as anybody I watch on tape. There's a few teams that play under center more. But they are under center a ton. 
and his feet are so good and he is so tied to the routes and the route combinations and um the kid is exceptional the other thing i'll say sets him apart is he is so detailed that he just doesn't make the same mistake often you know he just prides himself on that and he says it was funny because I had he and D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's was coming in. We were finishing with with CJ, and he says, "I know I I drive Coach crazy, because if something isn't perfect in practice, I always ask to do the repeat." And you know they're trying to manage the reps of some of their offensive linemen or some of their receivers and everything else. He goes, "No, no, I got to have it again." And then he'll call out. They'll try to put some. No, 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 I don't want you know, the backup receiver. Right. And I want the same guy that I just screwed this thing up with because I want our timing to be down. So attention to detail. He is a, he's a fun, fun guy to talk to and an unbelievable competitor. And his attention to detail is phenomenal. Meanwhile, for, for Cincinnati, this is a real setback loss, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I, I know we were talking about it, and, and I, I felt strongly about it, and you didn't really argue with me. The idea that Cincinnati was emerging as maybe the team in the AFC that nobody would want to play. Well, now all of a sudden they kind of one step forward, yeah. two steps back type uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I still think you look at I think you look at Joe Burrow and what Joe Burrow was able to do. But let's face it, I mean, 316 yards passing, only 60 yards rushing. Um, you know, they are, they are speaking the exact opposite of Houston, they are – I mean, they may run two plays under center at at any time during the course of a game. So they are a shotgun team that is based upon Joe Burrow um, and Joe Burrow pushing it down the football field. And they did that on occasion, although he threw a couple of picks in that particular game. But look at the juxtaposition of of Houston rushing it for whatever they rushed it 188. for. 188 yards. And Cincinnati rushing it for 60 yards and the balance and what that balance does for you in the play action game and all those different things. And then helps eliminate, even though CJ Stroud did throw a pick, but it helps eliminate and helps you win that turnover battle. Because when you start talking about most likelihood of, of turnovers, when it comes to fumbling, the number one guy, the number one culprit of fumbling is the quarterback. The number two guys are the, are the receivers. Then it goes to the running backs, and then obviously the interceptions. So it probably goes, you know, in that order: interceptions, quarterback. That's where the majority of your issues are going to come from. So if you're running the ball, it takes you out of those positions where you have the potential to lose the turnover battle. So um, I just love the way Houston's playing. I love the Miko Ryan's. I love the way they're playing. But I still look at at Cincinnati as one of those teams that. Push comes to shove, not a lot of people are going to want to play the Cincinnati Bengals. You got an uh, interesting game between the Browns and um, and, and Ravens. Uh, the Ravens. And, you know, this is the league where you, you you start to think, hey, you know, I can really get on board with this team. They really seem like they're starting to hit a roll. They really look like a team that's becoming formidable. They're putting it all mm, together. Yeah. And then they go out and submit a performance. It just keeps, it makes you wonder what happened right. and doesn't, the Ravens fall into that category. Not only are they playing well, they build the big lead, and then they just cough it up. Yeah, it's almost like they, hey, we've done our work here for the day. Now let's just go ahead yeah. and uh, put it in cruise control. And, yeah, that's one problem of playing in the NFL. All these teams are so equally yoked when it comes to talent that um, if you shut it down mentally, even for a quarter or two, you know, or even for a, a series or two, not a quarter or two, but a series or two, man, it's hard to flip the switch back on. 
And, you know, you've got to stay. When you've got your foot on somebody's throat, you can't take it off in, in the National Football League because those guys are talented. One thing about the Browns, they're a big physical football team as well. And I think from a physicality standpoint, you know, mano a mano, I thought the Ravens dominated that game early, but I thought they let the Browns back into it. And then the one guy that we've had a ton of question marks about, rightfully so, Deshaun Watson, um, he's been a guy that, uh, you know, what is he? What is he not? Is this the worst free agent acquisition in the history? Man, he scrambled a couple of times. He kept the plays alive a couple of times. He threw the ball, um, you know, he threw the he threw, he, he threw the ball fairly well. I don't know what his final stats were, but I saw um, a bunch of throws that were good throws in the middle of football field. 13 of 23, 223 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, one of those, the, yeah. the, the pick six. And uh, ran eight times for forty-one yards. Yeah, it was. I guess it was the the what I saw because I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the game fully. Um, I watched you know a few highlight packages and stuff. But his scrambles and his ability to uh, to make some plays happen with his feet uh, seemed to be good. Yeah, he's still one of those guys that's question mark. But they're a big physical team defensively. They match up pretty much with anybody. And and I really thought it was more about the Ravens just kind of feeling to me like it was just like okay we're you know we've got this one in the bag when they cost me a pick too by the way I did pick the Ravens in our moneymaker picks um and they had a nice lead and I felt pretty good about that Mike and then boom they just kind of crapped in their hats I think we both went one and two didn't we yeah we did. yeah this was, we've actually been pretty good this this year but I don't know about that but uh, yeah not horrible yeah, not horrible not but kind of average yeah kind of average but it's just I think when it comes to the AFC then Stop me if you've heard this before. The only team you can really, I think, trust what you're going to get every week, and even they've had a couple slips this year, but it, it's Kansas City, right? Is it? Does it feel like it's Kansas City and then a big gap? or? Man. Yeah, Miami only beats teams that are awful, <laughs> right? Right. So <laughs> if you're good – if if you play a team that's good, you'll get beat. If right. you're Miami, um, who else? Kansas City, obviously. Although they've, like you said, they've had a couple of flub ups. Um, week one, Detroit. I mean, you know that was one where, um, if you remember, the receiver couldn't hold on to the football because it was you know, they they scored 14 points. Um, so it was Kadarius Tony who you know dropped the ball on several different occasions that really cost Kansas City that game, and then. Um, I mean, you can't, you know, 16 times in a row you beat the Broncos. Eventually, you're going to, you're going to, you know, have one of those let down, let down type of games. So, yeah, I think it would be Kansas City. I'm trying to think of AFC. Is there anybody else that I would look at and go, that team really, like, I thought the, I thought it was the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. And maybe it still is the Ravens. Maybe it's still because they came out and dominated early. But, um, yeah, there's the, those are probably the two best teams still in my mind. So the AFC North c continues to be an, just an unbelievable division. All four teams would be in the playoffs right now. Pittsburgh, we talked about it last week. It, it continues again. Nine straight games now where they've been outgained mm -hmm. by the opponent, but they find another way to win. It's remarkable. Yeah. Six and three, despite making NFL history. Uh, for for something that's really kind of reflects ineptitude. Yeah, it, and it's really it's fun to watch them. It's fun to watch the way they operate as an offense because they're not worried about what you think. Like they're not worried about what kind of numbers are we going to be able to put up on the offensive side of the board. Uh, you know what kind of what kind of um, what kind of 
you know, passing structures that we're going to get into. Man, they run the football. They've got a great mix between Harris and Warren. And, and Warren seems to me to be, you know, um, it is Warren, right? Yeah. Uh, seems to me to be the more dynamic of the two runners. Like, he is the guy in the last two weeks. He's been the guy that's been averaging, you know, six, seven yards a carry, um, making the explosive plays. So it's almost – I hate the cliche, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, kind of back to the, the, you know, the thunder and lightning or the hammer and the nail, whatever. I don't know what the, what the cliche thing is there, but I like their mixture in the backfield. And then it's just about, hey, quarterback, manage the game. Don't turn it over. You know, we don't have to be great in the passing game. And that's kind of who they are. And they rely on that Pittsburgh style of we're going to play good defense. We're going to get after your quarterback. We're going to do those things. Yeah, I'm looking at their stat line. And Kenny Pickett, 14 of 23 for 126 yards. But look at this. Jalen Warren, 15 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Najee Harris, 16 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. I have you look at that. That's like porn for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, that run game right there. <laughs> That's like porn. Let's limit the quarterback because, let's let's face it, quarterbacks, you know. Porn. Uh, oh, yeah. It really, Mark oh, Schlereth it's so porn difficult. right it's here. It's so difficult. If the safety plays low, <laughs> throw it over his head. If he throws uh, throw it underneath, you know. I think, uh, okay, so, yeah, that is – that. I love the way they play football, and I love the fact that they're not worried. Like, one thing about having longevity and having security in your job is not you're not worried about winning a beauty contest. True. Right? M- Mike Tomlin doesn't care about a beauty contest. Mike Tomlin cares about wins. And uh, that's exactly what they're doing. I-, I love I love the style. I love the way they do it. You love it, but you hear a lot of complaints from Steeler fans about Matt Canada as the OC. What would be your sure. message to them? Because you just said this you're is a game pl- this is a game plan you yeah, love. You're six and three. I mean, I, I, hey, listen, here's the deal. Matt Canada. How are we going to win? We got a young quarterback. How are we going to win? What's what's our overall, what's our best opportunity to win? And you know what it comes down to, Mike? All right. Run the ball. Control the tempo of the game. Help us eliminate three possessions from our defensive, uh, from our defense's plate. Right? So they can be at, they can have um, a little bit better, you know, hitch, like, hop in their step if you will um and so for me like this is how we're going to win games we're going to rely on our defense to play really well as an offense we're going to try to possess the ball even if we don't out yardage anybody which we don't but we're going to try to possess the ball and then we're going to make sure in doing that you know that we control the tempo of the game and take it down from 12 possessions to nine possessions for our defense to defend and if we do that we're going to be in every ball game they're not blowing anybody out with that formula that's a formula you know what that's a formula but that's a recipe for one score games there's here's our one score recipe and that's how they get it done in a league where scoring is is down uh, dramatically Lowest it's been in 13 years, and this is two years in a row in which scoring has has been down in the NFL. Don't tell that to the Lions and the Chargers. Mm. Easily the most entertaining game of the week. 41-38, decided finally at the end by a last-second field goal. Mm. One of five walk-off field goals, by the way, to, uh, to end it, which has never happened before in NFL history. But uh, fun show put on by Detroit and the Chargers. Man, the Lions, I don't know if they're ready 
mm. to make a run to the Super Bowl yet, but boy, they are going to be a major thorn in a Philadelphia or San Francisco side. I yeah, I think Dallas. Yeah, I think they're they're one of those teams that um, you know they'll at times they they play to the level of the competition, so to speak. You know, they'll get in a shootout defensively. I've seen them be really poor, and I've seen them be really good. Um, last week, you know, giving up big plays over the top defensively, um, and their their inability to consistently rush the passer, which seems kind of odd to me, but they haven't had a consistent pass rush enough of the time. Um, but I will I will tell you offensively, you know, when you talk to Dan Campbell, the way he wanted to build his football team, and it started with offensive line. And if you ask him and talk to him about, like, what's the strength of your team? Our offensive line. He does not hesitate. Mm -hmm. Our offensive line is the strength. That's how we built this thing. And then you go back and look at the way they ran the ball. Um, between Montgomery and uh, and Gibbs, it was unreal the way they ran the ball last weekend. Um and to just the physical nature, they're just a wide zone, tight zone, you know, cutback football team. They'll mix in, obviously, like everybody, some gap stuff, but really good running the football. And Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, the connection that he has had and the way he presents the game to Jared Goff and the way Jared Goff has accepted the coaching and saying, okay, here's a different way to look at, you know, you've run curl flat your whole life this way or you've run – you know, double slant your whole life. You've run all these these concepts your whole life this way. But here's just a little different nuance or a different way to look at things. Um, they have this unbelievable connection. And I've said this, you know, Jared Goff has played his way into a top kind of, you know, six, seven, eight type of quarterback, maybe five, top five quarterback in this league. Yep. And, um, you know, they had another great game last week. I think he threw two, put two touchdowns without any picks. And, um and, you know, you're getting that kind of production. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is is a – he's a football player. You know, he's one of those receivers that's just a football player. That was a shootout. Um, but, again, I, I would imagine, you know, watching – going back and watching it and, and looking at, you know, looking at what was going on. I mean, it, I'm sure it's – the, the Lions had all these rushing yards and were more balanced and everything else. And I'm sure the Chargers were, you know, all about throwing the football – you know, 80 million times and, uh, you know, and they, and they had unbelievable production, you know, guys like, uh, you know, guys like, uh, Keenan like Allen, Keenan 11 Allen catches, was, yeah. 175 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's just the way the chargers are, are structured. But, you know, speaking of, uh, statistical porn, again, you look at the, uh, lions, you had Jared Goff, 23 of 33, 333 yards, those two touchdowns. And then they ran the ball 31 times for 200 yards with a nice, <sighs> 500-plus yards of offense. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, uh, yeah. you know, carrying equal loads there. So it's it's kind of like Pittsburgh, but with a better passing yeah. attack. Yeah, there's and no question about it. No so question. Is, where would you put Detroit? What, what Your message to Lions fans would be what? Your team can be this, fill in the blank. What? How far can they go this year? Your, your team... Your team has the chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Really? Oh yeah. Or your team has the chance to get into the playoffs and lose in the uh, in the very first round. Like that's who they like. That to me, they're going to be in every game. So if you lose, you're losing a close one. But 
they are I think they're that talented. I think their receiving core is that talented. I think their O line, they can run it, they can throw it. We saw that. I think the one thing that scares me a little bit defensively, um, they are prone to give up big plays at times. They are prone, um, like I said, not to get enough pressure on the quarterback. That that scares me a little bit. You know, I like to give you grief about your love of the Shanahan's. Mm-hmm. And sure you do. With uh with with San Francisco struggling of late, mm-hmm. losing what was it, three in a row. Yeah. I enjoyed giving you grief, but deep down I understood that this is a good San Francisco team. Yeah. And they got some guys back healthy for this game. And boy, they went out and sent a very clear message. Do not, do not yeah. forget about the 49ers. That, that's a good Jacksonville team. And they hammered them. 34 to 3. Absolutely. Um, obviously, they had Debo back. Uh, they had the full complement of offensive weapons, healthy McCaffrey, um, Ayuk. Uh, you know, George Kittle was huge. I think he only had three catches, but he had over 100 yards receiving some big plays down, um, down the sideline. So, like all those things, when they're orchestrating that way, their ability to run the ball, I tell you the other thing is some of the play design, they ran – an orbit sweep off a tight end jet motion that was just unbelievably well designed and executed. You know, where you're like, oh my gosh, that because you know that how they set those things up. You know how Kyle Shanahan will run a play, even if it's not a very good, even if it only is netting two yards of play, and he'll run it three times just to set up the one explosive off of it. So like that's one of the things about running the football that's imperative is if you really run it well, I mean, if you not, not even well, let me amend that. If you run it with frequency, run it with frequency, then you know what? You will have opportunity. Frequency in the run game equals opportunity in the pass game. And so even if you're only getting two yards of care, this is what a lot of young offensive coordinators don't understand. They run it once or twice at two yards, and they're like, well, we're going to have to throw it all the time. But you keep with that frequency. I never write this down, Mike. This is That's a really good – sometimes i got to get my handy-dandy notebook, but yeah. that just popped into my head. Yeah. That is a really – it's really way better than – This is so – folks, what you're, what you're looking at right now, this is, this is kind of like um, Benjamin Franklin or Equals. Newton, you know, some of the great, great discoveries in our lifetime. How they came to pass. Yes. Same thing with Mark Schlereth. There it Schlereth, is. Schlereth, Franklin, Schlereth, Newton. Right no there. difference. Right there. Frequency equals opportunity. So frequency, yeah, <laughs> and we'll put a little R there for running in the passing game. So <clears throat> you just genius. Saw, you know what you guys just saw? You just witnessed. Yeah. Uh, you just witnessed um, absolute genius from a football acumen standpoint, and I just want to say this to everybody out there, you're welcome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so if you run it enough, and if you're committed to it enough, and you you show that particular play over and over and over again... When you show it, you know what happens to defensive players? Because defensive players, let's be honest. Yeah, like, can we be honest just between us? They're stupid. Oh. Defensive players are dumb. That's why they play defense, Mike. They're not smart enough to play offense. Uh Why do you think DBs play DB? Because they're not failed at wide receiver. That's why they play DB. Everybody knows that. This is not how you make friends and influence people. Everybody knows that. This is not. Why, Why do you become a tight end? 
because people realize you're too smart for the defensive end position. Jeez. That's what ends up happening. Or how do you become a defensive end? You were a tight end that was just a little too dumb to understand all the motions so wait minute, wait and the shifts. Wait a minute. Didn't you, didn't you tell me once that in college you started out on defense and then you moved to offense? Would you suddenly get smart overnight? No, 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 no. See, this is you've missed part of the story. I started out on offense, and I was so gifted athletically. Uh-huh. They decided to move me to defense from offensive line. So I'm one of the rare people that have ever transitioned from offensive line to defensive line. And then after I got hurt, they realized injuries slowed down a little bit. He's too smart for this place. So you got to move him back over <laughs> to the offensive side of the ball. I guess I have it all. <laughs> Speed, athleticism, quickness, humility, agility, humility, and intelligence. A lot of idities. Idities. <laughs> I am big into the idities. So San Francisco on games like this, they yeah. show how multiple they are. They can beat you with their offense. They can beat you with their defense. Mm-hmm. But when you, if I press you and say, okay, the identity, the hallmark, the rock, the foundation of what San Francisco is, is what their offense or their defense. Oh shoot! I think I think it's their offense, um, and again, their ball control, um, their play design, uh, their their play design that create explosives. Mike, um, their play design that creates explosives allows their defense. It's a perfect complement to their defense. It allows their defense to consistently play with the lead and consistently create opportunities um, to attack the ball, intercept the ball. And you look at last week or you look at Sunday, I think they had five or six um, five or six sacks. And that was a big thing in the three-game losing streak we talked about, their inability to rush the quarterback all of a sudden. And a lot of that was because um, they weren't producing offensively. So I think the offense leads to defensive production. Um, and that is the nature, in a nutshell, of complementary football. And I think the Niners are as good as it gets when it comes to that kind of stuff. Boy, if the Dallas Cowboys could play the New York Giants every week, they'd be coasting to a Super Bowl championship. Two yeah. games against well, the— you could say that pretty about much about anybody okay. that plays the Giants. Good if point. you could just line up against the Giants every week— Fair point. Dude, they had— 89-17 to 17 in the two games this year. Well, they had Danny DeVito playing quarterback for him. Tommy DeVito, but yeah. Yeah. Who admitted this past week that he still lives at home. Right. His mom makes his bed. And, right. Which is a pretty good deal, actually, when you think about it. There's, not, there's nothing wrong. Like, <laughs> hey, don't be in a hurry to grow up. Right? Even, though, even if you're the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you are. Like, hey, I got time. I got time. Don't rush. Don't rush right into it. Plus, I would suggest also for Tommy DeVito not to rush into anything too like yeah, i don't you might want to rent not buy yeah right? you know, i don't know how long you're gonna be in the jersey area so uh no good for him man good for him for getting a start we you know we kid because we care but uh boy i tell you what the the giants uh you're 100 right boy they they really stink they're bad so where are we at with the cowboys you know you know that so much of the the national media out there just is looking for every opportunity to crown the Cowboys. You are the biggest Cowboy skeptic I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do you take anything from this performance from that game? No, anything. No, no. I mean it's it's the Giants. The Giants are a bad. The Giants are a bad football team. Um, 
You know, so, I mean, you can't take – didn't they get blown out by the Raiders right after the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels? I mean, it, it, they're a bad football team. That's all That's all you can say about them. And, you know, the, the Cowboys, when there's not a lot on the line, man, they are world beaters. When there's not a lot of pressure, they are big time. But, you know, when they line up against somebody who's good, it's like the Miami Dolphins. They yeah. they just aren't the same football team. So if I was handicapping the NFC right now and I said, okay, what are your, what are your, you know, like, how's your hierarchy yeah. of, of good football top teams? Top five teams. Top five. Rank them. One through five. All right. I'll, off the top of my head, I, I, I probably go, I probably go Philly. Then I'd probably go San Fran. Mm-hmm. Then I think I would go Detroit. Right. Then I think I would go probably Dallas. And then who would round that out? Who would who would be the next? Ugh. I mean, I mean Seattle. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's a big drop off. Yeah, it is a big drop off. But that okay. That's my. There's my top. So of of the division winners, right? We just named all the division winners. Um, so of the division with the East, I mean, in Minnesota, I mean, yeah, because you, you got, yeah. you got basically after those big four there, you got Seattle at six and three, Minnesota six and four, New Orleans five and five, Tampa no, four. No. I mean, it's just a yeah, big drop I, so, off, so, but I think, I think uh, of the big four, Dallas is fourth out of four. Okay. That does that. I think that's fair. And your, your message to Seahawks fans would be what? <laughs> My message to Seahawks fans? Yeah. Are, Six and three. Yeah, I, I like you guys. As long as you don't play, <laughs> as long as you don't play any of those four teams, <laughs> I fine. like you guys. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Mean, that's, that's like that's like that's kind of a little like, pat on the head, you know. Yeah. Send you along your way, type thing, huh? Yeah. That's when. Okay. That's when the first three girls you asked to the prom said no. You go with the fourth. You go with uh-huh. the one that says yes. Okay. You know, the fourth down the line. So if if if. Dallas. How was that, by the way, for you when the when three girls turned you down for the prom? I'm just impressed, you little shaver, that you just kept on going. You're like the little engine that could. Yeah. Right. Well, it's I exhibit a lot of good stick to itiveness. Yes, word you love. Exactly. You just stuck with it. You just keep asking until somebody says yes. Eventually, somebody's going to say yes. Law of averages. Right. Right. I mean, hey. Just you, cast a wide net. Make make seven outs out of every ten abs. You're still going to uh, the Hall of Fame. Bing. <laughs> that was always my strategy. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, lower your standards. <laughs> lower your. Man. Have low standards. This Things guy. are gonna work every out every day, folks. Every day with this guy, and I love him most of the time. But boy, you could be a dick. Yes, occasionally, Jeez, occasionally. I just, dick. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I've never been turned down to the prom like you. So I just wanted to know what it felt. I never got I turned. Say, I, never got, I never got. I never got. This is me prom, trying to but, empathize. Uh huh. I mean, you're trying to trying to be there with you. Mm-hmm. You know, into the battle. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. What? I got nothing. You got nothing. That's done. it. All right. I'm left. I'm hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Stinger Tree Podcast. Make sure you uh, you like us. Make sure you send us a message. Do all the things that you do. Um, subscribe, please subscribe. And uh, stay tuned also uh, because we also have the uh, the Leftovers podcast coming up where we uh, break down the game that I did last weekend. That was New Orleans at Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, the hottest team. I think five straight wins. The hottest team in the NFC right now, maybe in the NFL. So uh, stick to it. Uh, stick to it. If you're sorry. Stick, stick with us on that. Uh, like I said, for everybody involved, thank you so much for listening.